Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to a very special episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com. Because in this episode, I'm going to tell you the story behind Everyone Hates Marketers. I'm going to share with you stats that I've never shared before, how many downloads uh, um, I'm getting, how many listens, how many active listeners, where are you guys listening from, and all of this kind of stuff. And then I'm also going to go through the main lessons and the main mistakes I've made in the last year in particular related to the podcast and related to marketing in general. And finally, I'm going to do a special mention to to those of you who reached out to me in the last few months, who sent me questions over email, gave me feedback, and helped this podcast to become what it is now. So let's get started. This is the first episode where I'm not inter interviewing a guest, so it's a little bit nerve-wracking for me. I can describe the situation I'm in, I'm in right now. I'm recording this from my dad's house. That's the beauty of being able to work remotely. Uh, my old room, uh, actually. So I'm, uh, I'm working from my old desk and I have my microphone in front of me and I have a beer, uh, which is a Belgian beer, actually, just to keep me company. So let's get started straight away, right? The crisis point for me, like the really the thing that made me have this podcast in the first place happened in January 2017. So that was a little bit less than a year ago. And at this time, I was in Cancun, Mexico, and I was with my team. At the time, I had a consulting business called Slices Consulting, and we were four people. And we decided to go to Cancun because two of my colleagues were based in the US, while two of us, and me and another colleague, were based in Europe. So we thought that was a great place to be in January for our company retreat. And it would be like mid-distance, uh, you know, between um, the four of us. So we went there, but at the time we were doing a big redesign for the biggest client of ours. So we were being paid to optimize conversions for clients, uh, basically to improve the, the experience of their website. And we did, we just had done a big redesign for a, a client and it failed. Um, it failed miserably. And I was the only one of the company being aware of it. I was, you know, I'm, I was the founder of this company and I chose not to share it until Cancun because I just I just really had time. I needed the time to digest it. And at this time, I was probably at the lowest point mentally. I was drained mentally. I was very anxious. I was thinking about work literally every minute of every day. I was checking my emails every day, uh, day and night. And I was feeling... I was feeling overwhelmed. I really didn't know where to go. I, I had this, this, the pressure of, of paying those, those three colleagues. And I knew that the big project we've been working on for the last months, the last few months, had failed. We basically redesigned an entire experience for them, with them. And it proved that it, it just didn't work out. The conversions were actually lower. And for many reasons that I can go through during the mistakes. But at this time, I knew that my company that I worked more than a year and a half before that on uh, had failed. And even then, even if we tried after a few weeks to, to pivot and to position ourselves differently and to try to get new clients, it just, um, it just didn't work out. And at the time, January 2017, I had a wedding to pay for in August 2017. I had that in the back of my mind and I was paying myself very little. Uh, to sustain the business. And I knew that the day would come where I had to say stop and, and start being able to pay for it because I just didn't have enough. So 
you might be asking, why did we go to Cancun then if you don't have money? Well, we, we had planned that for a long time and we were supposed to have to succeed with this project. If, if we had succeeded, we would have gotten a lot of more bonus. Uh, from the client and, and we would have gotten more work and potentially opportunities with other clients that they would have referred, but this didn't happen. So that was January 2017. So back in 2015, in September, I started as a consultant. Um, I went out of my own after working for a startup for a few years in marketing and I had 20,000 20, um, euros in my bank account, which is around $25,000 uh, at the time I'm recording this episode. And I had absolutely no credibility whatsoever or, or, or no network. Uh, I was still in, the, I was in Dublin, Ireland at the time, and I knew almost no one. I had skills, but compared to now, I had no skills. I had very little knowledge of marketing, and yet I went out of my own trying to find clients uh, to improve their conversions on their website. Um, I tried to portray myself as somebody who's very knowledgeable. I even paid to speak at conferences which is not something I'm very proud of, but I, I, I felt that would accelerate my, uh, the way you know, I would get clients. I wouldn't do that now, uh, again, ever. Uh, I would never speak for a, a conf I never pay to speak at a conference again. But you know, I guess when you're getting started, I felt comfortable speaking and I felt that was a good option. And I did get a few clients this way, right? Um, you know, credibility, you, can, you, can, you, you can't really buy credibility, can you? You can't really buy trust, can you? You can't really buy skills. And I was lacking in those three areas. Um, throughout this, this business, I started to get a few clients. I got paid very little at the start. I remember being paid like maybe 300 euro, 400 euro for a full project, which was to design a, a landing page for someone, uh, for a client. And I used my network. So the way I found clients was just by contacting people that I knew and told them about what I was doing and, and, and asked them to, to refer me to others. So hold on one second, I need to drink the beer because I'm thirsty now. Right, so I'm proud of all what I've done because I managed to get a few clients. I was paying myself around 1,200, 1,300 euro a month, so it was very little. But at the start, I was like, okay, that's a good start. I'm, I'm able to pay for my own salary and uh, I was able to survive with that for a few months. So I was happy with it, right? Um, we had good values, you know, I was really working hard on, on getting a good culture in the business. As soon as I was able to hire uh, someone, um, I wanted to hire, to have a remote, a remote team. So that's why we ended up with two people in the U S one person in, in Spain, because I believe that the best people are based wherever in the world. It doesn't really matter where they are, which was kind of a big mistake as well, because the time zones were a big issue. Obviously, and we were a very transparent business internally. I was sharing everything with my team. Everybody knew how much uh, people were earning. Uh, we were very transparent in the mistakes we were making. Every decision was taken with the with the team. Everybody had access to my cash flow, the revenue of the business, and all of that. Um, so, from September two thousand fifteen to the end of two thousand sixteen, things were going okay. We, we kept growing and growing. Until, until we decided to let go of a few clients to focus on the ones that were the best for us. Um, and until we made the mistakes that we made with them, which kind of led to, um, to financial pressure and to the end that I just shared with you a few minutes ago. Um, so at the time where pressure was mounting, where 
we had a very tough relationship with an ex-client that didn't want to pay us. And then we ended up not delivering the right thing for our biggest client. I started to work on two side projects, one called uh, Transparent Nation, which was my idea of trying to connect with companies and founders and marketers who were being very transparent online as much as we, I wanted us to be. So I made a list of, uh, of those companies and those bloggers who were basically sharing their revenue online openly, a little bit like you probably know Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. So people like this, right? So I made a list, spent a lot of time on that. And I started to contact all of them saying, hey, I'm launching a movement. We are launching a movement called Transparent Nation and we want you to be involved. So I, I started to interview people this way. And uh, that's when... I realized the power of networking. I realized the power that of simply asking for people to talk to you. Uh, 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 as long as you say that you're going to publish this work, this interview, they're more than happy to spend the time to do that. So I, I, I really realized the power then. And then in the meantime, and to be honest with you, I don't even remember vividly how it came about, but I always had this kind of hatred for bullshit in marketing and this hatred for lying uh, for marketing, trying to lie to get new clients. I always wanted to be overly transparent with clients. And it took me years and years to realize that the vision that I had, the thing that really was my crusade or my the thing I wanted to fight for or fight against was marketing bullshit and it all in all its forms. So what happened was I started to talk to people in Transparent Nation in this project. I did maybe eight or nine interviews. And then I realized, hold on a second. A lot of them are actually marketers. I'd love to actually talk about marketing to them. And this is when everyone hates marketers started. And bear in mind, at the start, I didn't have the name, right? So I recorded episodes asking questions I wanted to know. And I managed to get a few people on board because... They were just happy with the concept, even though they knew that there was no name. They were happy to talk about marketing bullshit for, for 45 minutes. I got a lot of no's at the start. It wasn't easy, but I managed to get a few, a few names in the podcast. So I was still working for my business, consulting business. And I, at the time, I had still a team working with me, but uh, we decided that they would be working with the clients and I would do more work related to that, like side projects and, and all of that, right? So once... Once this got going, I got hooked on it. Like I really loved interviewing people and, and I felt I was good at getting answers from them or I felt that this was the type of discussion I wanted to hear, I wanted to listen to. I never connected with marketing podcasts out there. I always felt that they were like so full of shit, really fluffy, no practical advice. They were not getting to the level of insight I wanted to get. They, were, they weren't getting to the truth behind marketing. They were only talking about fluff, new technology, the flavor of the month's marketing, and they really weren't digging into the, into the meaty stuff. So I, I kind of solved my own pain doing that, right? I, I reached out to a few marketers uh, that I admired, and, and I asked uh, for them to be interviewed, and a few of them said no, and a few of them said yes. And one of them, was David Damanin, the CEO of Hotjar. Hotjar is a, is a tool to, to help you understand how people behave on your website so you can improve their experience. And Hotjar was a tool we use in Slices Consulting, in my, in my consulting business quite a lot for every client. 
So I knew them, I knew that they were being very transparent, and I also knew that David was a brilliant marketer because I had read a few a few of his uh, articles and presentation. So we had the interview, we kept in touch, and there was a really good feeling with him. So he basically told me that there might be roles open for Hoja, uh, in, within Hoja, and that's when... I started to realize that my head wasn't in slices consulting anymore and the pressure to pay for my wedding, I remember that was a few months before the wedding, started to really mount on me. I was being very anxious about the work with clients and I knew that we had failed a major project with, with the best client we could have hoped for. So I was in a situation where, you know, I need to go all in and try to, to get a position within Hoja because they are just simply one of the best companies to work for, a remote company excellent product, you know, good marketing starts with a good product. And this is the definition of a good product. Hoja is, is brilliant product and, 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 and being very objective. And I said that, um, so I ended up starting with Hoja in June, 2017. So a few months after Cancun, a few months after this big event, and in between, I basically decided to shut down the company and to start uh, to let go all of all of my clients. So it took me actually a few weeks and even a few months to properly hand over clients to friends of mine that were doing relatively uh, similar jobs, uh, something that I didn't realize. So I was really burnt out at this stage and I still had to work with all of my clients to deliver the work that I promised without my colleagues anymore. So that was tough, but Hodja understood that and they, they gave me the time to... Um, to prepare and to join Hoja when I was ready to join them, which was fantastic, um, to be honest. So I joined Hoja in June 2017, and in between, I launched Everyone Hates Marketers uh, in the 4th of April 2017. So that's not even um, a year ago. That's actually eight months ago that I launched it. And I launched it with a backlog of episodes. So I at the time, I already had at least 10 episodes recorded. And I had major ones that I recorded, like David Narmanin from Hotjar. I had David Heinemeyer Hansen, the, the co-founder of Basecamp. And I had Laura Roder, the CEO of uh, Edgar, which is a social, uh, social media management tool. So I had those three big names and I've decided to put them uh, to launch with those three episodes on top. And in the meantime, um, before that, when I had the backlog, I basically asked uh, over Slack channels uh, and communities on Facebook if, if people could help me come up with a name. Because at the time, I've, I had a very strong concept, which is very similar than what we have now, but I had no name and I couldn't find a name. And I just asked on Slack, I remember vividly asking on Slack channel, on many Slack channels, I have a few episodes, this is the concept of the show, I can't come up with a name. And I remember this person just... Uh, just answering, say, hey, how about this? How about everyone hates marketers? And I was like, that's awesome. I just, I fell in love instantly with this name. Uh, her name is Cassandra Schwartz, actually, the person who uh, who came up with this name. And she she's a guest in one of the episodes around a social media competitive analysis. Um, and I thank you once again, Cassandra, for coming up with the name. So at this time, this shows you a few things. Transparent Nation on one side, we had the name, we had the logo, we had a website, but we had no content. While for everyone hates marketers, I had the content, but I didn't have the name, not the website. Uh, so you can guess which one succeeded uh, as a side project. So 
I joined Hotjar and at this time I had uh, a few episodes already published and um, and they really told me that they were more than happy for me to, to, to keep doing this side project as long as I was obviously doing a great job at, at Hotjar, uh, but they understood that people can have side projects uh, and can still do a, a good job um, in their role. So that was, this is kind of the, the, the full and honest and transparent story. I might be forgetting a few details, uh, but actually for time's sake, what you can do is actually go to uh, slicesconsulting.com, look at the blog. And I, I used to write every month an update with how much money we were making, how much money we were losing, uh, an update on the project we were working on. And you can see there's a few uh, interesting things around the podcast that I was about to launch at this stage. Right, so in April 2017, eight months ago, at this, uh, I, I started Everyone Hates Marketers, and I knew that I was joining Hotjar in June, and that my wedding was in August, and that I would be able to pay for the last remaining uh, stuff that I, we had to pay for the wedding uh, then, because I would be paid by Hotjar, uh, obviously a higher salary than what I used to give me, which was around like two, 2,000 euros maximum a month. That was the maximum I was paying myself with, with the consulting. So I felt much better. Um, I felt much, much better by then. Um, I was being very anxious before. I, I wasn't in a good state uh, mentally. Uh, my mental health really suffered from this experience, but I learned a lot. I definitely learned a lot. Uh, right, so before I go through the lesson learned, the mistakes of this year, I just want to share with you a few stats because we are here to talk about the podcast, Everyone Hates Marketers, which is still a side project for me, right? It's a side project. I'm learning a lot from it, but it's only a side project in a sense. And, and the results are quite amazing. I mean, I'm amazed by, by them. So let me share them with you right now. So between the launch and today, what I mean today is I'm recording this episode on the 18th of December, 2017. So just a week or two before publishing this episode, we've reached 40,000 downloads, right? So that's not unique listeners, that's the number of downloads. So number of people who downloaded uh, an episode, it doesn't mean that they've listened to it, right? Uh, podcast stats are quite bad at that. So it doesn't mean that they listened to it, but at least they've downloaded, there has been 40,000 downloads. Um, a, a way to know how many active listeners are on the podcast, meaning like how many people come back regularly, it's by looking at the amount of downloads a particular episode gets after six weeks, within six weeks time, um, uh, on a six week period. So when you publish the episode and then you let it go six weeks. So we are reaching 1000 active subscribers. So it seems like 1000 people come back to everyone hates marketers, um, every episode. We've published 42 episodes. I have 12 in the backlog, so I still do that. I still have like 12 episodes that are ready to go. Uh, so don't worry, we're not, Everyone Hates Marketers is not going anywhere, by the way. Um, I have 800 people uh, subscribing to the email list, um, which allows you to, uh, to receive the episodes uh, every week and a few, a few other stuff. And as you know, for most of you, I've interviewed people admired for my whole life, uh, almost my whole life, like Seth Godin, David Damanin, Ron Fishkin, Laura Roder, 
uh, and many, many, many others. Um, I honestly, at the time I was in Cancun in January 2017, if you had told me that I would be in this situation right now, I wouldn't have believed you. So it's it's good to reflect, I believe, in in um, on these type of things uh, and projects because it's easy to forget uh, the journey that you've been through. Um, I've received hundreds of emails, hundreds of tweets, uh, LinkedIn updates, invitation on LinkedIn, tweets, yeah, emails. I, I had hundreds of conversations with, with most of you. Uh, a lot of you have sent me just feedback, some harsh feedback, some direct feedback, some very good feedback, good, excellent questions as well, a lot of discussion. I mean, I've, I couldn't have asked for anything more than that. It was just amazing so far, the amount of people just contact me Thanks to this podcast. In terms of the countries that you guys are listening to this podcast from, uh, so 36% of you coming from the US, 8% from the UK, 7% from Ireland, 6% from Canada, 5% from Australia, and then you have Germany, France, India, Romania, Romania and Netherlands who are the, in, the, in the top countries. But you have, I have almost 50 or 60 other countries that, uh, where, where you guys are listening from. Um, which is amazing, but yeah, the vast majority are coming from US, UK, Ireland, and Canada. Um, and then how do you listen to this podcast? So I, I digged, uh, the, the stats, by the way, they're coming from Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N, which is the, the podcasting tool I use. 36% of you are using iTunes or Apple podcasts to listen. 16% use Overcast. 12% use Google Chrome. 12% of you go to the website and listen to the episode directly from Chrome uh, on your mobile or desktop. Um, and then Pocket Cast, 5%. And then you have a lot of Android application and, and Mozilla, that kind of stuff. But the vast majority, iTunes, Overcast, Chrome, Pocket Cast. And the stats, I can dig a little bit more into it. Uh, there's interesting stuff. So, so there has been really three phases in Everyone Hates Marketers. So the first phase was the launch. Um, the launch day, remember, we had David Heinemeyer Hansen, who has a huge network of people. He's the co-founder of Basecamp, and he's, he's quite known online, right? And um, we had him on the first day, as well as David Damanin and Laura Roder. And David Heinemeyer Hansen from Basecamp actually shared a tweet about this episode. And this tweet alone brought $1,200 downloads. I mean, that it wasn't, it's not only this tweet, but I believe like at least 90% of it is, was coming from this tweet. So in one tweet, it brought us, it brought me on the first day, 1,200 downloads, right? Which is basically 1,200 people who are um, listening straight away. Uh, so I thought, wow, this is crazy because if, if those numbers would keep going, I would have reached a crazy amount of, of, uh, of listens and downloads right now, but that didn't happen. So phase two, straight away after launch, after a week, it started to be clear that a lot of people just downloaded the, the episode because they knew, uh, DHH, David Heinemeyer Hansen, uh, but then didn't stick around for the other. So after that, in phase two, for, for a few months, even though I was publishing one episode every week and I was asking my guests to, to share it to the network, we had less than 100 downloads a day and then it started to decrease to 50 a day uh, at the end. 
And there was even days, especially on Sundays, where I only got like 10 downloads. And obviously, it's still 10 people who, who listen. But in the grand scheme of things, it was way, way lower than 1,000 I got. But I got that for a few months, up until July. So from April to July, so April, May, June, July, that was the stat, around decreased to 50 downloads a day, right? Uh, with a huge uplift every Tuesday, every time I, I, um, I publish an episode, but overall the average is 50, right? We get have a beer. Right, so then phase three. So phase three is set Godin, is the set Godin effect. Um, I've published the set Godin episode early July, I believe. And I, I really wasn't expecting it that much. I shared the episode on my Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and I realized how much of a superstar Seth Godin was because literally every single one of my friends emailed me saying, wow, you managed to land Seth Godin. It was amazing, whatever, which was great. But this episode alone really started to increase the amount of downloads. So I started to have more and more uh, up until up, up to 800 downloads a day at at, a st uh, at one stage. But I also published an article summarizing the Seth Godin episode, and I published it to Facebook on IndieHackers.com on Medium. And on Medium in particular, it got shared like crazy. I published it on a publication called um, The Mission, uh, a Medium publication called The Mission, and it really got shared like a lot. And I'm very proud of this article, but this article alone brought, got viewed more than 50,000 uh, times on Medium, and that brought a lot of listeners uh, to the podcast. And I also believe that Seth Godin is such a big name that it started to give the podcast some credibility, right? Which is something I never had uh, in the past. Um, so that brought us, since then, right? So it's been July and we are now in December. Since then, the amount of, of downloads a day have grown steadily, not crazy, but steadily. Now it's reaching 200, 210 downloads a day, um, which is amazing. I mean, imagine that. It's just crazy. I'm not promoting it that much. I don't have time. I'm working you know, in a full-time job that is really demanding, and, and this is my number one focus. And then I have this side project. So the only thing I really do is focusing on recording episodes and publishing them. <clears throat> and then I ask my guests to share them, but that's pretty much the only thing I do. So to have a steady base of 200 downloads a day is just absolutely amazing. Um, so I hope, I hope that those stats are giving you uh, fulfilling your curiosity. Um, so now let's, let's talk about those, those lessons and those mistakes. So I wasn't a thought leader. I'm not a thought leader. I had no credibility. I still don't have a lot of credibility, but I really want the key lesson I've learned is that if nobody knows you, if you have no credibility, if nobody, um, then people can't trust you. And if they can't trust you, they are not gonna buy from you or they're not gonna do anything that you want them to do. So the only way if you're not a thought leader uh, or if you're not being trusted is actually to spend the time to talk to others who are well, you know, better known than you. Uh, who have a big network, big credibility, doing interviews, developing stuff that will help them to basically get a, a network 
that is bigger than yours uh, and talk to people like this. That's probably one of the key things I've learned. The, the power of the network and relationships with people who have credibility is just immense. Remember, like one article, one episode with Seth Godin really started to create, to make me and this podcast a bit more credible, right? People started to trust me a little bit more, Trust started to trust the podcast a little bit more. And that led to people being happier to, to share the podcast to their friends. That led people to, to say, well, if, if, if he interviewed Seth Godin, then perhaps I need to stick around because maybe the other guests are as good as Seth Godin. So that goes to show you the power of, of associating yourself with, with people who are smarter than you, better known than you. Obviously, it doesn't mean that you should create shitty content just by connecting with them. You obviously need to focus on the quality, but this is what, what it can do. I, I see this podcast as a personal MBA, right? So like literally every single time I interview people, I learn something new. Even if at the start, I think, well, we already talked about this, but every single time I, I learn something new. So this is an amazing way to learn. Um, I've learned that I'm not the only one feeling that the marketing is full of bullshit. I mean, 200 downloads a day, 200 people a day listening to, to this podcast means that I think we, we can all agree on that, which is amazing. I've learned that who you think your audience is will really change as soon as you launch something, as soon as you launch uh, something for them. So originally, I thought that my audience was tech marketers. I've learned from talking to all of you in the last few months that act actually a third of you are techies, tech people, that you're not a marketer. However, you're using marketing to sell your product, to understand how to make your product better. A third of you are then startup founders. So you're, you're a tech person, but you're not uh, necessarily uh, working on a side project. You, you have your own business or your own startup, uh, or at least you're thinking of launching one. And then the third one are marketers, but not only in tech. Quite a few of you are like copywriters and not necessarily in tech. So it's quite interesting to, to see that originally everyone hates marketers was for, for a narrow audience like this, but then that a lot of you actually find, find that quite useful, even if you're not a marketer. So this is why in next episode, which is also a special episode, I'm just going to go through the future of everyone hates marketers and where I see it going. I've also learned to build a backlog. This is so powerful to have a backlog of episodes ready so that if I go on holidays, I can safely sleep and know that in the next few weeks, there will be episodes being published. Definitely, I've also learned to focus on what you do best and, and outsource uh, for the things that you're not the best at. So I have a, an amazing company working with me on this called Podcast Motor, and they help me to publish the show every week on iTunes, to publish the transcript of each episode on the website. They, they basically do a lot of things that I'm not able to do, like uh, editing the audio, adding the intro, I mean, all of that stuff. I've also learned that in marketing, you need to pick an enemy and really go at it. So you can't launch a project that is just bland, uh, like uh, just yet another marketing podcast where you talk about marketing. You must pick an enemy. You must pick an angle that kind of will make some people hate you and we make others love you. The worst uh, thing that can happen is that you launch something, a product or whatever, and every everybody just, you know, they, 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 they don't even like it. They're just, meh, yeah, it's all right. So you can't have that. 
So you must seek to be loved by by people, and therefore that will create people who, who won't necessarily agree with you or, or, or like you and even hate you sometimes. But this is what you need to do. This is much easier to pick an enemy than to come up with a, a, a brilliant idea. Think about what pisses you off the most, pick this enemy, whether it's a real one or a fake one, and go at it, right? And fight against it. Take risk. So that's another thing I've learned. You know, don't, don't be afraid to, to launch something like this. Don't be afraid to, to be true to yourself. Don't be afraid to, to listen to harsh feedback. Don't be afraid to change stuff. To get others to open up, you, you need to open up first. And that's something I've also noticed. You can't, you can't expect your customers to share your personal information, their personal information to you if you don't share some sort of personal information with them. Uh, that works for this, this podcast as well. I, I have a, a small email series at the start uh, when, you when you subscribe to, to receive emails from me and I ask you to share a few things, but I barely share anything. And, and, and in, in, in conclusion, a lot of people don't, um, don't answer those emails. But I know that if, I, if I'm sharing more about myself, more people will then uh, share stuff in return. I've also learned that good marketing starts with a good product. I had a hunch that this was the case, but this is now something I strongly believe, thanks to many, many people like Seth Godin or Rand Fishkin who mentioned that many times. If you have a good product, it means that people like using it. It means that they will share it with their friends naturally. And it means that word of mouth will, will just happen, right? So if you're looking for a new job in marketing or if you're looking to change a career, to work in the, career, the marketing industry, or if you're a startup founder or even a tech uh, person, a developer or software developer, the one thing you can do to really, to really win is to have a good product, a product that people love using. And that will solve every single issue that marketers usually have. With a good product, marketing gets so much easier, so much easier. Um, around the podcast itself, I've, I used to have a structure that was, I used to do an intro, I used to talk with the guests about who they were a little bit and, 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 and dive into that for like 20 minutes and then moving on to a sort of a step-by-step -step methodology. And then moving on to marketing bullshit in general. And I've realized that a lot of people send me emails uh, about this, that they, they weren't really happy with it. What they preferred was to have the step-by-step -step straight away. And then should they want to hear more from the guest itself, himself or herself, they would then stay on to, uh, and, uh, and listen to the questions and answers related to, to the guests uh, themselves. So I've switched the structure around and I hope you noticed that in the last few episodes where every single time now I do a quick intro and I jump into a step-by-step -step methodology. I go through a lot of details because I picture you guys trying to implement that in your business right now. So I do make a lot of effort to really identify the core things that you must do. I make my guests repeat themselves quite a lot. I, I interrupt them to make sure that they, they dive in into things that deserve more uh, dive into. So I do a lot of things to make sure that the step-by-step -step methodology is something that you can really use in your business uh, or in your activity or in your site project. That's something that I've learned from you guys, so thank you. Audio quality is the other thing. So I used to have this uh, Yeti microphone and I used to record the room, uh, the, the, the show, sorry, in a room that wasn't insulated uh, from echo or anything like this. So 
the quality wasn't that great. And I'm amazed that many people actually stuck with me and listened to those episodes with the quality of the audio I had. Now I bought a, a more expensive microphone that is much higher quality. It's a, it's a Rode NT1A. Uh, it's an analog one, which means that you need to have another uh, small um, audio interface to plug it to your computer, but it's definitely worth it. I mean, I can hear the difference pretty much. And the other thing is I've set up, uh, I've put some panel to insulate the room I'm normally recording this episode in to prevent echo. So you should really feel a difference in terms of audio quality. I hope so anyway. Um, I And finally, I've learned that you guys love to hear about the truth behind marketing, right? So you don't want the fluff, you want the truth. You want to get to the first principles of marketing. And this is great because this is exactly why I'm doing that. So I've learned a lot. I'm probably, probably forgetting quite a lot of stuff I've learned. As I said, next week, I'm going to talk about the future of Everyone Hates Marketers, what I'm going to do next year as a side project and all of that. But before that, I really want to thank all of you for listening. It's truly, truly amazing to have all of you contributing like this listening, taking the time during your work commute, during weekends, while doing the dishes, while traveling, that you're listening to, to this podcast. I want you to do something maybe a bit crazy for the ones who are still listening to this episode, but I want you to name every single one of you who actually emailed me or gave me feedback or asked questions or started a conversation. Because as I said before, I love that, right? So Feel free, if you haven't done so, to email me at louis at everyonehousemarketers.com. I love answering questions. I love having heated uh, debates about things. I love feedback. So please uh, keep them coming. So let me name. I actually have 100 people in front of me right now that I'm going to name. And yes, I'm going to do it because why not? So let me sort them alphabetically by their first name. If you have sent me an email or contacted me in some ways in the last few months, uh, thanks to Everyone Hates Marketers, you're definitely in this list. In this list, So please uh, listen. So I want to thank you, Abbas Sahari, Adam Greco, Alexandre Brang, Aline Vlad, Ali Bloom, Andra Zaharia, Andre Chaperon, Ankit Das, Avon Cullen, Austin King, Badair, Ayes Safawi, Barry Adams, Brad Barr, Brittany Berger, Caraf Parrish, Charles Madurera, Chris Silvestri, Connor Keppel, Connor McAlevey, Connor Mulcahy, Cortland from Hindi Hackers, Craig Carpenter, Daniel Barber, Daniel Campton, Daniel Egan, Daniel Lobel, Daniel Pierchu, Daddy at, Gra at Geographic, David Brazil, David Chartier, David Darmanin, Deepak Karki, Deirdre Somda, Elena Kraftstoff, Emil Bruckner, Erwan Derlin, Finn Daly, Fred Rivet, George Kale, Jani Ponzi, Heath Evans, Henrik Jorgensen, Ivan Mir, Jan Inrich, Jason McGarry, Jason Sweat, Jeff Cohen, Joe Whitaker, Johanna Misslinger. Let me have a drink for the, the second half. <laughs> John Whaley, John Kunar, Yuna Tunanen, Juan Mendoza, Justus Luke, 
Kai Davis, Kaitlyn Childson, Carl Murray, Contal Shah, Landon Sanford, Lorientiu Nicolai, Leon Coe, Louise Aubery, Lucy Heskins, Louis Guzman, Manuel Escobar, Mark Scully, Max Peters, Mike Colling, Mike Russell, Michelle Wright, Mithun Autumn, Nathalie Pavone, Nicole Elizabeth Demare, Nick Heim, Nick Liebman, Nico Ryan, Oli Gardner, Osbert Ponyman, Param Reddy, Paul Lanigan, Philip Morgan, Raoul Tiru, Remy Rivas, Ruben Borg, Ryan Ladigan, Richard Andrew, Richard Brechtliner, Robert McKean, Rodrigo, Ronan Percival, Sarah McKinnon, Sean O'Rourke, Shannon McFarland, Sophia Danion, Stephanie Greaser, Steve Nathan, Terras Kinger, Thomas Dugan, Tomer Marshall, Trevor Hatfield, Vanessa King. So that's all of you. Uh, I, I'm probably forgetting a lot of people, but this is a, a solid list of people who, who, uh, with some of whom I've become friends with. And um, it's really a blessing to have all of you listening to this podcast. I hope this episode wasn't too boring or too different from others. Don't worry. This episode is, is being published the day after Christmas. The week after, I'm publishing a short episode to explain the future of Everyone Hates Marketers. And then after that, it's back to normal, back to interviews with sm people smarter than me, back to practical stuff that you can apply in your business, back to no fluff, back to Everyone Hates Marketers. But as usual, feel free, send me emails if you have anything to tell me at louis at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can go on the website, check the resources for free, and check the transcript of each episode for free. I'm not going to ask you for an email uh, in order to get this information. You can have it all. But yeah, it's always a pleasure to record those episodes with my guests. It's been a pleasure recording this episode right now. I hope it's not too far away from what you're usually, what you're usually used to. And Merry Christmas, of course, or, or whatever else uh, you believe in. And... I'll talk to you next week about the future of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. And this is the moment where I tell you to subscribe to our email list. So before you leave and go to another podcast or listen to another episode, I don't treat email lists uh, the way people usually treat their email list. I really treat that as a one-to-one as -one conversation. So I'm going to send you very short and personal emails every two weeks, I would say. We, I'll inform you of guests in advance. I'll share with you my numbers and how many listens we get. And I'll also ask you for your feedback in terms of the questions we can ask future guests. And perhaps I can also uh, have you on the show uh, someday. So don't be afraid to subscribe. I'm not going to spam you. And you can always uns unsubscribe for sure, if you wish. The second thing we need from you is your harsh and honest feedback. We know that this show is not perfect yet, and we always uh, can improve. So you can send us your email at feedback at everyonehatesmarketers.com. Good or bad, please feel free to send me an email. And the last thing I like uh, from you is that if you did like the episode, please share it to your friends, your colleagues, or whoever might like it. And also please review it on iTunes or another service that you might use to listen to your podcast. Because if you leave us a five-star review, it means that more people will be likely to listen and we can spread the word quicker. So thank you so much once again and au revoir.
And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply. Juma said, your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple uh, days before, said, this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, skim through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. Amy said, also loving the new content that's coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.